How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How are you feeling tonight, Dave? Currently feeling razzed. Razzed? Like I got the razzmatazz in me, you know? Does that convey... What is that stronger weak against? Razzed. Um, strong against blueberries, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but mixed berries of flavor, so I might have shot myself in the foot there. Yeah, I would have also accepted. I don't know if like the protagonist of Psychonauts has any weaknesses. I know he's a psychic type. I mean, water. Water. Yeah. Oh, Cano- right. canonically water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't remember what psychic's weak to. Is it like metal or fighting or something? Uh, I want to say it's grass. Hmm. <laughs> it's grass or bug. It's something like weird. Like okay, because psychic's so much of like a ethereal it's right. a concept more it? than anything yeah. else um it's I made just, up it's like uh bugs bugs fuck them up and you're like okay <laughs> i like that um you mentioned grass at first and i was like ah yes psychic is weak to psychedelics <laughs> 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 it makes sense i was able to read minds now i can read the universe oh geez that's a lot to read you beat them by giving them sensory overload ah I've been there. I have been there. Have you been assaulted by the paparazzi? Is that what you're saying? Uh, no, no, not. Uh, I'm not famous enough yet, but we're working on it. If this podcast thing ever takes off, then adjust that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> it's the short of it. Um, yeah. Well, that's good. Glad you're doing well and you're razzed. Are you also razzmatazzed? I am. Uh, tired i don't think that's a feeling though let's see it's a state Um, of being that is true Uh, i think i'm i think i would be happy probably happy your mood is happy Mm -hmm. well let's change that (laughs) (laughs) step one talk about the game (laughs) i mean i can we can jump in we can answer it's up to you i've got like i've got nothing but time Time and emotions and a underdeveloped critique of a video game I played very recently. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you want to tell everybody when you completed this game for this recording? (laughs) Sure. Um, So we're recording this in the in the evening and I completed this game at 4 (laughs) a.m. the previous night. (laughs) Then I woke up for a meeting at 8 (laughs) a.m. the following morning (laughs) and I'm here. (laughs) So the the tired thing checks out. The alibi now has a, a justified backstory. It makes sense. It mm. tracks. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm glad I've I've proven myself. You know, I mean, credibility, I dedication. I haven't proved my razness at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll give we'll give you opportunity through the course of this. If you get like increasingly excited as we delve into like the darker subject matter, that's like <laughs> you can prove it, but. I don't want to confirm any sociopathic bias that I have against myself. Hmm. Um, this would be a great episode for it, though. If if you did, this would be a perfect time. But maybe maybe we'll save that. That'll be that'll be the question for the episode. Do we reveal ourselves as sociopaths through the course of this game? Um, um, I'm saving that for Dave episode two. You know? Okay. Gosh, yet the second. The second Dave. <laughs> the real Dave. Uh-huh. With the real Dave. Please stand up. 
Um, but yeah, if I but, if I had worked that better, that would have been a good transition. Hmm. I didn't even think of it. So we're talking about Omori tonight. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that I had heard some good things about. Saw some brief things about like the art style. Heard some good things about the music, and I said, "One day I'll check it out." Mm-hmm. And I got it on sale on Steam, and then I played through it, just doing like a it's a single player game. So I did it over like a weekend, a couple days. Um, you beat this in a weekend? Yep, that's a lot of time. Yeah, I don't fuck around, son. <laughs> Let me rephrase. All I do is fuck around, so I have a lot of free time. Um, <laughs> But I very quickly became invested in the game as a whole. That is fair. Like within two hours, I was just kind of hooked. So it starts out like super cutesy and fun RPG. I really like the, it's kind of like a crayon or pen art style. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like drawn. Yeah, very drawn. But it shifts between like a couple of pictures that are very similar, but it gives it like a little animated effect. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's really cool, and they'll do that for like your character portraits, and then like enemies you fight and stuff. And I just love it. Yeah, they have a lot of detail in, in the battles and and whatnot. Um, and then a couple like uh, video clips, short video clips, not like a lot of frames, but really reminiscent of like older style manual hand drawn stuff. Basically, think like a Cuphead, but if they had like $30,000 less to spend on animation, it's still really good. Like the art style is amazing, but Cuphead animated every frame of everything. And this is like, let's do five frames. Oh, I was instead of making comparisons to Cuphead, I was going to say, do you guys remember Take On Me? Do you remember that song? Oh, oh it um, is that. It is literally that. I mean, Actually, Take On Me was much, much more limited in budget. Um, I saw a, um, this is a complete diversion, but I saw a recent YouTube video that was like take on me, but they replaced the drawn guy with like the sidekick from the new transformers movies. I don't <laughs> he's know who like, that is. <laughs> he's just there. I'll have to find it and, and send it later. Um, doesn't really relate, but you could just fill in, you know, mm-hmm. a, a sidekick type character. Um, but yeah, Amori is an RPG game. It is literally made an RPG maker. So you know. it was meant to be. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently at some point they updated the version, but it's been in creation for a long time. Created by Omocat is the name of the uh, the studio and the person. Um, but she's been working on it for seven years. They did a Kickstarter, which was funded in a day. And then they ran out of money and <laughs> like sold merch to finish the game. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, the uh, game is pretty fucking polished. Yes, absolutely. There are definitely some things I've played that have like the feel of like... You definitely know it's budgeted. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we'll focus more on just like the story elements and then like other things might drop as far yeah. as priority. And I think that's important in game design too. Like, or in game development, you need to be able to be like, hey this feature we're going to be working on this for four months and like we'll have some checkups and depending on where we end up with this like we will or we're not include the the idea is to prototype really rapidly and then scope based off your prototypes what you can actually finish Mm -hmm. i get the impression that was not the design for this game it was very much like a labor of love 
anywhere that detail felt like it should be provi- like added uh omicat like absolutely did <laughs> and a lot of it i didn't see <laughs> but it's still you know games like this are created because people who create games for themselves and their own ambition selfish of... bastards <laughs> i got you yeah like when they pour themselves into the game and they're like this is my vision and i'm gonna see it through then yeah it can put you in situations like that and i'm glad it got made um because a lot of times those games do not get made <laughs> if you if you're like this has to be perfect looking at you star citizen but <laughs> yeah moving targets are uh, a real real pain in the pain in the dick mm-hmm. you know like you said definitely a labor of love uh, do you want to quick kind of go over like the game description so people can kind of get a feel sure so i have two uh descriptions and then i've got some steam tags for us um so the the this is the game description as provided on steam Explore a strange world full of colorful, that's a hard word for me to say apparently, friends and foes, navigate through the vibrant and the mundane in order to uncover a forgotten past. When the time comes, the path you've chosen will determine your fate and perhaps the fate of others as well. That's it. (laughs) Okay, so Undertale, I got you. Yeah, not a a whole lot there. Um, Now for the mature content description. The, uh, the The developers describe the content like this. This game includes depictions of depression, anxiety, and suicide, and may not be suitable for all audiences. It also contains bright, flashing imagery that may cause discomfort and or seizures for those who are with photosensitive epilepsy. Viewer discretion is advised. Hmm. That feels like a bit of a juxtaposition. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, and that second part is longer than the first part, it's worth noting. Um, I think this is literally the first game I've seen where the content description is longer than the game description. I don't check game descriptions, but I'm going to just back you on that. Um, A lot of them don't have content descriptions, yeah. or it's just just the epilepsy one. Um, yeah, like I was saying, like the game starts out like... I mean, there's a brief like initial thing that kind of has you going, uh, what's the game? Mm-hmm. Where it starts out with like some text and like some, I guess, loose lore. But it's very much something that you immediately kind of like store away. Because the game just drops you in like, hey, here's a cute, fun RPG world. Mm -hmm. It's you and your friends and like you're in a playroom. Not not that young, um, but like youths. Yeah. And then you're going out to explore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's that's a good youth age. Mm -hmm. And then you're going out and exploring, like having adventures in the playground, in the forest and stuff. So like right out the gate, they're like, hey, ignore that other thing that we just we just said. It's not important right now. Right. Here's like the cute, fun stuff. Uh huh. And it's it's really fun and upbeat and bright and engaging. Um, and it really gets you in the jam for like, Oh, it's fun RPG stuff. Right. Yeah. It's and very clear. Oops. Sorry, go ahead. Well, I don't want to like ramble the whole thing, but um, no, you can ramble. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll make it up. Don't you cool. worry. <laughs> <laughs> See Jake for the second half of the episode. As I, as I flip the uh, hourglass. Over. <laughs> That's what we need. We need like the sands of time. Uh-huh. Um, but basically, like the first two hours of the game are kind of tutorial. Uh, you're going through the RPG stuff. It's all fun and upbeat. And you're meeting colorful characters. And you're kind of getting invested. And you're learning about the combat, which we'll come back to because it's more in depth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going through like with your friend Basil, who likes to take photos. And he also like likes plants and flowers. 
And he's saying like, oh, you remind me of this plant because of this reason, et cetera. Yeah. And it's very wholesome, right? It's incredibly wholesome. Like these are the nicest people. Like even the jerk of the group is nice compared to anyone in real life. Yeah. (laughs) It's just all really sweet. It's like, I appreciate you because of these qualities, which I don't think people say enough to each other. That's true. For your rugged good looks. And um, (laughs) then after like you're kind of like looking at some of like the photos that Basil took of your friends of kind of just going through down memory lane. Um, There's a photo that falls out of the photo album Mm -hmm. and then Basil looks at it and then becomes kind of terrified and like his profile picture or his icon becomes very dark. Mm -hmm. His eyes become kind of red. He sees something haunting yeah, um, and immediately takes a turn from like the bright, colorful crayon drawings to like oh shit what the fuck and yeah. then there's like a very quick snap to it actually does give you a flash of something mm-hmm. if you actually freeze frame it I only got this from a YouTube video <laughs> if you freeze frame it um, it actually does show you one of the other pictures mm-hmm. briefly gotcha 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 and then you kind of immediately get flashed out of that world to yeah. like you awake in your bed yeah, and this is this is very much. I'll, I'll I'll reiterate. This is like the minor spoiler territory. We're gonna do a deep dive on some of the nonsense this game has later, but um, we're just talking about some of the the opening stuff. I think that that's around the same line. I was gonna go through Steam tags real quick here. That covers story rich. Like we started developing mm-hmm. the story by dropping you straight into it. Indie. We already mentioned it's made an RPG maker. There you go. Good enough. RPG again. RPG maker. <laughs> And then psychological horror. And this is the reason I think that we're still in minor spoiler territory is like, it's the first tag. That's not, I I did these in a different order than they were listed on the page. The first tag for this game is psychological horror. Um, You'll see it. It's, it's going to be there. (laughs) So, yeah, but they, they do a good job of, I don't either, I'm not sure if it's ready to say masking it, Mm-hmm. Or just shifting your focus away from it so it's not constantly there. Yes. Mm-hmm. But in a meta narrative point, it kind of does that intentionally as well. Would right. you agree? Do you mean I like, said we're gonna elaborate on all these points later too? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean the the game is the game. Yeah. The game is a seesaw, essentially, of like balance everything out. Here are the highs, here are the lows, hanging out with your friends, and then the heavy stuff. And then things are falling apart. Um, And there's like, there's some other games in this space. I think you could kind of compare it to for that. And I think we'll, we'll, we'll circle back with comparisons, but um, for the most part, like this opening section of the game is a lot more focused on having fun with your friends. Everybody's nice. Even like the first bad guy is um, the boss is who he's called. He's like kidnapped basil. Um, and you have to fight him and it's not a particularly hard fight. The game starts out like pretty, pretty easy in combat. I think it's fair to say. Oh, yeah. Um, but like literally after the fight, Basil's just like, like trying to like reconcile the group with the boss and be like, he was actually protecting me during the fight and making sure I didn't get hit and all this other stuff. Like it's Saturday morning cartoon care bear style like affection between a lot of these people, even the bad guys. Um, 
that doesn't last. <laughs> but, no. Because um, basically, as I said, like you, you wake up after that quote unquote tutorial section. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everything that you've been experiencing up to this point is a, a fiction, a made up yeah. reality. We don't really know the details of it too, too much, mm-hmm. but we can tell that it's separate from reality. It has a welcome screen. We actually know it's called white space. It says welcome to white space. It's like one of the first things mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah. Uh, and white space, at least when you initially get there before you go through the door is just like this void mm-hmm. where you have just like staging. Yeah. <laughs> Load up. For Assets your haven't loaded. Everybody's in T-pose <laughs> on like slightly outside of the view screen. Uh huh. Yeah. It's the, the, the game hits you with foreshadowing early. Uh, on things though it's like okay well before you go through the door how do you how do you do this how do you trigger going through the door and like i've seen a playthrough of this too and it takes most people a little bit of time to figure out how to go through the door (laughs) you have to like run off screen uh out of the standard area and like find a knife pick Mm -hmm. it up okay now you have a weapon (laughs) now you can go through the door You've, you've equipped your loadout for the mission. <laughs> well, that's the thing, though. Like, you grab this knife, and then you go through, and then, like, you're hanging out and playing with your friends. Mm-hmm. So, like, in combat, your friends have, like... I think Kel has, like, a basketball or, like, a baseball or something. Yeah, he, he has simple a... Simple to throw. I think, it's a, I think it's a basketball. It's either a basketball or a baseball. Uh, no, it, it has to be a baseball because of a follow-up move he has with Aubrey. Okay. So, yeah. baseball, Aubrey has, like, a big stuffed animal... Mm-hmm. And then Kel has like a, a frying pan or some cooking implement. Yeah. And it's all like these kind of like, not, I guess, zany, or just kind of like off the beaten path as far as combat. And then you have a knife. A knife. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Who gave you a knife? But also, your character Omori is drawn in like this black and white style. You. Oh, don't yeah. actually have any color, but every other character does. Yeah, it's a very very high contrast situation, but everybody treats you really nice. You you say almost nothing, but your friends are all very protective of you. Um, there's an early sequence where you're playing hide and seek, and um, <laughs> you, everyone's like, "Okay, well, they're like, okay, you're it, like Amori, you'll do the seeking," and then Kel. Like you, you, you close your eyes next to like, um, what's the, the you hit a ball, tetherball, I think, tetherball, thank you, uh, tetherball pole, and <laughs> Kel stands on the opposite side of the pole, perfectly visible, um, and you can talk to him and be like, oh, he's like, oh dang, guess I'll help you find everybody else, but if you like walk away from him without talking to him first, he's like, Amori. I'm over here. <laughs> like, come talk to me. And it's because he doesn't like he doesn't explain this to you, but it's because Amori hates being alone. Yeah, it's it's super fucking wholesome. Um, yeah, but yeah, like the the whole. Well, let's go through the kids. Sure. Amori is kind of like the protagonist character, uh, the black and white individual we just mentioned. Uh, there is Kel, who is kind of like the. You know the kid who has like a one tooth missing when they grin? That's mm-hmm. that character. Yeah. Uh, they're very upbeat and outgoing and sometimes like a little bit irrational. Um, a sporty, lovable scamp. Yes. Uh-huh. 
Uh, there's Aubrey, who is the young girl of the group. Uh, she has a stuffed animal, but she's like really sweet and loves her friends. Mm-hmm. And then there's Hero, who's a little bit older. And he kind of like looks after the group. And he's also Kel's older brother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he's the more got... smart, sensible one. Yeah, he's the balancing. He keeps like Kel and Aubrey from like fighting each other a bunch. Um, then you've got Basil, who's like, he's the most pacifist out of like everybody in the group. He's got literally a flower crown in his yeah. art. Um and like it's actually the game's ambiguous about like uh his gender <laughs> like at the beginning it's just like who is this person until they actually you know like gender him later um but a lot of people apparently think that it, uh it's a girl when you start <laughs> i mean it's a fair assumption hair's a little bit longer consistently wears a flower crown mm-hmm. so it's like it's more effeminate qualities typically yeah um and then uh mari Who's there at the picnic? Um, there in the um, the playground, mm-hmm. and she provides like a picnic basket, which is your save point throughout the game, and some food stuff that you can eat to replenish your party's reserves. Yeah, so like in that starting area, I think it is just like picnic stuff, like fresh fruit and whatnot. Yeah, there's candy. Candy is what you. Get oh, candy's there. Okay. Yeah, it's like it says like delicious, nutritious candy or something <laughs> like that. Um, but like. Throughout the game, she keeps showing up with like as like a save point, you know. Mm-hmm. But she'll have like region specific food. Yeah. So I think at one point there's just like a jar of pickles, uh-huh. and depending on which character you're controlling, as far as like the party leader, they won't eat the pickles. Yeah. But Omori's like, oh, okay, so it's pickles. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. But like eating the food gives your party a full heal. Mm-hmm. So you eat the food, you stop at the picnic basket to save. And then you take a break because uh, it's not all upbeat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's often an interactable there too, where like people will sit on the picnic blanket and like have a conversation. Um, but it's uh, yeah, like you said, it's not always upbeat. We'll get to some of that stuff later. We should talk about the emotions. We should write some of these things that we say that we're going to circle back to. <laughs> we're in a constant circle. <laughs> we're just we're spiraling down <laughs> as we go. So um, I think I briefly mentioned this on the previous episode with Gennaro because mm-hmm. I was forced to extract some details about a game I was playing instead of just saying it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, but the three emotions are happy, where I think you have a higher chance to do crits mm-hmm. uh, and you're more evasive. Or no, you have a high you have a lower chance to hit people yes in combat mm-hmm. uh, there's angry which is definitely three syllables mm-hmm. and that is you will deal more damage but also take more damage and then there is sadness where you deal less damage but also a portion of damage that you take will go into your juice which is your, yeah, your mana, mana yeah. for special abilities mm-hmm. and what's really cool about the emotion system in combat is besides having those effects it will also update your character's profile picture as it's animated. So if you're happy, like they have like a, a cheery yellow background and you see like a sparkle in their eye. Uh-huh. Um, and there's also different stages of each emotion. So you can be happy or you can be ecstatic. Yeah. You can be angry. You can be furious. Um, and just seeing those change throughout the fight is kind of, I don't know. I like it. Yeah. 
no it is it is really cool um did you use the mechanics a lot through this i did starting at the mid game Mm. Um, because the game starts to ramp up in difficulty it hits you with like a couple harder boss fights and after like my first one i was like okay rather than just like relying on consumables to manipulate emotional state for advantage i'm gonna put a little optimization into it so um pro tip skip ahead five seconds if you don't want pro tip happy is the emotional state (laughs) that uh, is incredibly powerful because a lot of characters get abilities in the mid game Mm -hmm. that play around happy synergies. Um, And it's really easy to make one enemy angry, which is the other part of it. It's a rock, paper, scissors for advantage. So which beats which? So, oh yeah. So happy beats angry, angry beats sad and sad beats happy. And the mechanic for that is like, if you hit somebody, if you are happy and you hit someone that's angry, you basically auto crit. Um, And the opposite is true. If you're hit by angry, it will be weak. It'll say like, it's a dull attack. Um, Okay. Then you take less damage. And then for those amplified states, those are just exaggerated, right? So you'll do even more damage against angry. You'll take even less damage against angry. If you're manic. Yeah. I did not use the system as much as I probably should have. um, Because after like four hours in, I just forgot Mm -hmm. or I was getting by enough on just hitting stuff with a stick pretty much. You you can kind of just auto attack your way through it, then heal up after taking a lot of damage. But the one thing I really like about the combat outside of the emotions is the follow up system. Mm -hmm. So after. There's a separate meter at the bottom, which is just a numeric counter, 1 to 10, or like a 0 to 10. So every time a member of your party takes damage, it goes up by 1. Right. And so if you have at least 3, you can do a follow-up attack from somebody. Mm -hmm. So let's say Omori attacks, right? He has a chance for a follow-up attack. So, or follow-up ability. Another one is just like, attack again. You just stab him. Or you can trip to, I think, lower their speed. Yeah, lower their speed and hit them, hit them like with another attack. It's not as strong as the yeah. double attack, I think. Yeah. And then each character has their own follow up thing, but also it can depend on the other characters. Mm-hmm. So let's say Kel has, you want to do a follow up attack after Kel has attacked. Basically, he throws something at another party member, and then they'll each have a unique interaction with that. So you can throw a ball off of Omori. It'll hit the enemy. It'll also make Omori sad because you fucking chuck something at him. (laughs) Right. But Omori can possibly, for some of his abilities, have advantages while in the sad state. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's this really unique way of uh, having those interactions so it doesn't just feel like mashing the attack button. Yeah. And they're all unique. Like, I think several of them are just like, you know, get a bonus attack, have this person do a bonus attack. Um, but, um, others like often heroes, uh, follow-ups for characters is to like give them health and juice. Um, so it could be good to like sustain making hero attack, but these are only available if you attack and you have some of that meter to spend. Um, so it's kind of like, a sometimes abilities, you know, might be what you want to use instead of an attack. So you're forgoing that option and that's where some of the tactics come in. I don't think it's crazy. Like you said 
Like there's not multiple difficulties to the game. Some fights are harder than others, but you can kind of autopilot through most of it. Um, but yeah, for the harder fights, it is actually really useful to engage with it. I think in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. I think there was like four or five fights where I had to like reassess my tactic of like, okay, we actually have to plan around this a little bit. Who's mm-hmm. going to focus on like party healing or using items and then using those, that extra meter at the bottom for either a follow-up attack or saving up for a big group attack mm-hmm. where basically you consume the full meter of 10 and everybody does an attack against the enemy and it does a lot of damage. Also, yeah, it, it's a really cute animation too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we kind of like turn towards the, the camera in their drawn state and yeah. then attack. Yeah, and that uh, Mori has to kick that one off. Has to has to come back to him. Spend a full ten maximum bar, um, but it's it's a lot, and sometimes it's not always worth it. Sometimes you want to use somebody else's follow up to get a certain advantage. Of, oh, just some extra damage or a heal or maybe a status shift, something like that. Yeah, there's also a cute little um, uh, development for the follow ups throughout the game as they just get better at working together, and by the end of it, like you already have a relationship with these characters. You think that they're, you know, probably really cool if you're like us, um, or at least really engaging. And so no, like seeing their follow-up moves become better as they work better together is like, it's the, it's the darn tootinest cute thing in existence. Um, did that, like, sell, did that sell you guys? <laughs> <laughs> so the one you described is like, um, Kel will like throw a ball at Amori mm-hmm. and then it bounces off. It makes him sad, bounces off and hits the enemy. But like by the end of the game, he like throws the ball to Amori and Amori catches it and is like ecstatic because he caught the ball and like just runs up and like stabs somebody. <laughs> <you know>? like, <laughs> so yeah, it completely changes it. The one I probably watch the progression of the most is between Omori and Aubrey. Uh-huh. Where after Aubrey attacks, she can do a follow-up where if you pick Omori, she kind of just like smiles at him. It's just like a dot, dot, dot of like, she's kind of like, hey, uh, what's up? And uh-huh. then he just kind of replies with his dots. And then I think he the first notice phase. Her. Yeah. And the other one, yeah. It kind of distracts the enemy. So th- then she just like hits the enemy quick as they're like distracted. Uh-huh. Um but as it goes, like you see, like he responds to her, and then it's like a, kind of like a smile, and it's just like this wholesome, loving thing. Uh-huh. Um, but she still will hit the enemy because they're distracted. She um, hits them harder. Eventually, it reaches the point where she's motivated because Amori actually notices her. Yeah, um, like the 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 animation they use for it is like um, there's like a heart next to her when she like like looks a speech at him. bubble. Yeah, like, on the yeah. speech bubble. Yeah, and then there's the dot 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 for Amori. Um, but then later, um, there's the heart, and then Amori notices her, and it like turns into a thumbs up, and then the heart like kind of like uh, has energy lines kind of coming off of it, and she runs up and hits hits the enemy even harder. And it's just, it sounds dumb, but you can tell like by how excited we are describing it that it's incredibly cute within the context of the game. Yeah, it's it's super cute. Mm-hmm. And that's white space. <laughs> There's a lot of the game takes place in white space. Bunch of different areas, diverse map. How do like, we transition to <laughs> to other things? The real yeah. world. Yeah. Well, we we can we'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back to uh, <laughs> okay, when, you, when you woke back. up. Yeah, yeah. Because you you start out in white space, but you wake up um, in your house. 
And I believe you wake up at nighttime the first time. I'm pretty sure that's correct. Yes. Um, and from here, the game kind of like begins a cycle of going back and forth. And we can go into some of the events, but the uh, the waking world is um, far away town is what it's called. And you have the option to interact with some of your friends and do day jobs, <laughs> which I think are pretty funny. Like, do you remember delivering pizza? Did you do that one at all? I'm trying to think, trying to think. Ill- I, want, I want to say yes. Yeah. If you remember, like, ill-eligible handwriting des- uh, describing the houses that you have to deliver to, that's the job. I did not do this quest. Okay, gotcha. I'm going to describe it real quick then. You get three pizzas. They don't have addresses for you to deliver to. Instead, you get this note that describes the house. Mm-hmm. In like doctors would be like ab- abhorred by how terrible this handwriting is. It's so hard that the puzzle for this part of the game is figuring out what the house is <laughs> based off this description. It'll be like cans in the yard, green roof, whatever. And it's like actual work. Um, but you get paid and you can use that money to like buy band aids, like donate it to a guitarist. Or like, there's some other things you need to use money for. Buy CDs. Yeah. The, the real world is very much kind of like the scaled down version of your imagination. Yes, um, absolutely. And I feel like it's safe to call white space your imagination. Yeah. Um, so like you're running the characters. You're like, oh, I've seen the the dream equivalent of them. So you realize like you're the mental projection is just kind of exaggerating certain features of that character. Right. Um, but yeah, you can still have like little skirmishes with like kids on the playground and combat is very scaled down as far as like you hit, you might, I think there's a few items like band-aid mm-hmm. you mentioned for healing. Right. Um, there's not as much, I would say in the overworld. It's, it's much more pared down. Yeah. Narrative things happen there more. Yeah, much more. Uh, because your character, Sonny, which is their real life name, or whatever mm-hmm. player Should you name, choose to accept it. Yeah. <laughs> whatever player name you did of a McPenis Pants 59. Mine um, was Magnum, because <laughs> oh. he gave me six characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the six characters is why. Big wink. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, and not the gun. I know you don't. <laughs> <laughs> a gun! Neutral big. <laughs> yeah, um... It's pretty much just narrative stuff. Uh, you find out that your character and your mom are moving away in three days. Your mom's currently yes. out of town on business. So you're very much in like an empty house alone, a bunch of packed up boxes. You kind of fend in for yourself pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I then, think pretty soon we can make the jump to spoilers and, and just open the floodgates when you're comfortable. Now. Now. Okay. okay. All right. Disclaimer. So. <laughs> <laughs> We're now going to talk full spoilers. If you don't want to hear that, then just know, I believe I can speak for Dave when we recommend the game. Um, unless with caveats, you want to throw caveats on there? I mean, the, the tags are there for a reason. The description is there for a reason. Uh, if mm-hmm. you are somebody who's triggered by this type of content, be wary of it for your own mental health. Yep. Um, I personally like feeling emotion from time to time, very <laughs> seldomly. Right. But it's a reminder that I'm actually, in fact, not a sociopath. Mm-hmm. Um, so it definitely is a feels trip. 
but I enjoyed it a lot and I appreciate it for that. Yeah, I would second all of that. Um, no joke. The disclaimer is there because those things are present in the game. Um, so that all ahead. And the only caveat I would also have is the game's rather long. If you don't want to play like an RPG maker type experience for a long time, um, that could potentially also be a turnoff. But if you're willing to put in the time, it is exemplary within its space. So recommend. And this is the offboarding pass for anybody who doesn't want to hear all of the spoilers as we uh, lose our minds. Goodbye. And also thank you for listening to the midpoint. Resume. Full spoilers. All right. All right, just the cool kids here. Anyway, um, <laughs> so basically you're leaving town in three days um, and you're just kind of fending for yourself. But basically um, a, a, an old friend stops by who finds out that you're leaving town and sees like the for sale sign in the house. And mm-hmm. he's like, hey, we haven't hung out in a long time. I'd love to like hang out and catch up. The friend Real is life Kel, Kel. Right. Yeah. Um, he's much taller now. Uh, apparently you haven't really seen any of your friends in I think at least three years. Yeah, it's it's several years. Uh, so everybody in the real life is much different from they are in the dream world. Mm-hmm. But basically, Kel being Kel and very like, yeah, let's go and do stuff. He's just so excited to like hang out and catch up. Um, so he's like bringing you around to like his parents' house, like help you're helping him run errands and stuff. Um. It's all very much just like like a hobby store. There's like a gaming store and you can play some games there, make some money if you want to engage some of those activities we're talking about, but it's just hanging out, right? Yeah. And your character doesn't really ever speak through pretty much the entire game. More or less the entire game. Yeah. Or at least in dialogue in game. I don't think your character says anything. Yeah. There's a few times you, you get like decisions. There's not that many, but like, hey, do you want to do this? Or in some cases, what do you say in response to this? Like, yes, no. But it's like a confirmation dialogue. It's not anywhere near like, ah, yes, I will use the philosophy approach to this problem or anything like that. It's much more toned down, closer to a silent protagonist than yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog. And a good deal of your choices, I would say, are also kind of the the less important ones are very much a oh don't be a kidder oh come on let's do this anyway so your choice mm-hmm. doesn't matter because it's it's kids being kids type stuff yeah but yeah. I want to say the key thing at this point is you find out pretty soon in the real world that um, Mari who's actually Omori's sister older sister mm-hmm. is dead yes. and she has been for three years coincidentally this Hmm. lines up Hmm. um so basically i feel like everything that's happening in the real world over those three days is very much like you kind of being dragged out of your house Hmm. as by cal pretty much because he's so gung-ho of like wanting to not necessarily get the gang back together but like he misses his friends who like he spent a whole lot of time with and cares about but the gang kind of like fell apart after Mari's death. Um, yeah. And everybody's kind of struggling with their own shit and just kind of dispersed versus staying together as a support system. Yeah. Like Aubrey's with a group of delinquents and hasn't talked to Kel in basically the same amount of time. Hero is off in college. 
Um, that's that's how I coped personally too. Is uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, ba- like people haven't talked to Basil in a long time. Um, and Kel is honestly surprised if you do leave the house. He's like, "Oh, geez, <laughs> you actually stepped outside," um, because you know uh, the the protagonist, Sunny, in this case, has um, not Magnum. We'll, we'll use Sunny. <laughs> uh, it really just hasn't left his house in like forever. And his parents aren't there. His dad's left. His mom like leaves him notes telling him what to do. And do we know if his dad is like left, left, or like you find out later that he left? I'm just slipping okay. that in. That is potentially a later, later game spoiler. It doesn't impact much, but it explains why. That's something I kind of got as like fuzzy info. But I didn't follow up on it. Yeah, because of because of events <laughs> that happened several years in the past. Um, dad has left. <laughs> So, yeah, it it is a lot to deal with. But yeah, uh, Kel's like, all right, well, if you're out here, we got three days. Let's freaking go. My brother's showing up tomorrow. Let's hang out. Yeah, it's it's looking to be like a, a reconnection of a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but this part of the story is told in pieces because it's like, how many days do you have left before you move? Yeah. And then after that day cycle ends, you go to sleep. You kind of reenter this dream world. And the whole narrative of the dream world at this point is after that event that happened at the end of the tutorial where Basil saw like this horrible picture, which we don't really know anything about at this point, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of just go back in. Your friends are in the room again, like, hey, let's hang out and do stuff. Yeah. And then you go to the park and you're like, hey, where's Basil? And you can't find Basil anywhere. So the quest becomes find Basil. Yeah. And this goes on for the, the game. Uh, <laughs> and so that's what kind of gets you to go through like these different fantastical areas mm-hmm. and do these other main quests, side quests. The overall goal is to find Basil. Yeah. Yeah. You can talk to uh, Mari. Uh, she has um, like her picnic uh, set up all over the place. And you can ask her about like hints for quests. They're never terribly useful. But just a reminder of what quests you're on is basically what it's fire for. Um, and at the top one, there's always that one, Basil. <laughs> like this is this is your main story. Find the boy. Save the world. Save the world. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't it something about hero in the original? Oh no, that was the name of the ah, the, the show. Sure, yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, cheerleader. That's what it was. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah, and there's there's a lot of jumping back and forth. I think I think it's safe to say you spend a lot more time in white space for sure. in the stream world than hanging out with uh, Kel above, but you catch up. You know, it starts to reconcile. Like day two, Hero shows up um, in the evening, and you can kind of like hang out, and they have a, a sleepover um, at Sunny's Sunny's house. And later you can kind of um, reconcile with Aubrey after some drama about like how her and her friends have been treating Basil. Um, they're jerks <laughs> in short is, is what it appears to be. I mean, do but, we want to touch on why? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in spoiler territory. Let's go. Okay. So ahead. in the real world, um, everybody obviously besides Mari is alive um basil has also kind of very much kept to himself um 
because they were traumatized by Mari's death. And at a point, Aubrey, who was also kind of dealing with stuff on her own, uh, kind of reaches out to him and like wants to like hang out and study or do something. It's kind of awkward, intense. Yeah, um, she's trying to help him. And help herself, I'd say, in a way. Sure. Like she's looking for some of that reconnection with like an old friend. Um, and she finds like his photo album, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this comes up a lot in the game. There's many times yeah. you can interact with a photo album. I'll rant about that in a sec. Um, mm-hmm. But basically, as she's looking through the photo album, she sees a bunch of old photos of them, specifically ones with Mari in it, that are all like markered up and kind mm-hmm. of like scratched out. Yep. And she gets really p- upset by this. Um, and she kind of flips out on him and calls him like a creep and a weirdo and then kind of like gets in with this crowd and they all kind of like collectively um, pick on him because they don't understand why that's a core part of the story too is that she takes the album from him yeah that's one of the reason that like kel and uh sunny think that she's like particularly picking on him is be like because she's stolen the album yeah but from her perspective he's defacing these memories of this person that yeah she really doesn't want to forget and the photo album that is in the dream world is the same one that is in the real world. Yep. So all of those memories that you get to look through for like, oh, we were having a picnic and eating watermelon, falling asleep in the in the sun. Like you still have all of those photos there. Um, but as some you exceptions, <laughs> yeah, as you're collecting yeah. some of the photos, you see like there's a bunch of ones missing of Mari. Mm-hmm. And so you can eventually get those from aubrey yeah yeah a lot of this game is remembering figuring out things that like have happened in um sunny's past and like facing some of that trauma um and you know uh, at a point it's revealed like when most of them have met up i think it's when you have all four that you can like enter the back yard and they have a moment where they kind of they talk about what happened and um the, she killed herself like that's the uh the revelation at this point in the game and like nobody knows why um it was like the night of a recital she was gonna have with um with sunny where he's gonna play violin she's gonna play piano and like her parents came back and like found her hung in the backyard and that's that's you know a big part of where this suicide disclaimer comes from i say laughing and it's nervous laughter not funny laughter yeah it's because basically you just know at some point that she died for a bit uh you don't really know the details about it and then when you find out that it was suicide like part of the thing is like the group they didn't really there wasn't a reason Mm -hmm. of um so it's like really hard for them to reconcile that yeah um and again just i don't know loss and trauma and sadness in general everybody copes with it in their own way there's not a oh have you tried this this cheered Mm -hmm. me right up and it doesn't work like that um so very much like the group as we said kind of like splits up in a way to kind mm-hmm. of deal with their things individually. Um, but as they're in like the backyard together, like they go up to 
the treehouse as well. And they're kind of reliving like some fond memories that they have of when they were all together, mm-hmm. which is, yeah. I'd say at that point, it's like, it's bittersweet. A lot of the game feels bittersweet. She, by far, she's the topic that they talk about the most, like when they're together. And it's because they really haven't had that catharsis, the ability to share their feelings as a group, as the friend group that lost her. Um, and there's a couple, like you mentioned the treehouse, which is an important one. There's a sleepover at Basil's later in the game, which we'll get to. And then there's the actual cemetery behind the church um, where like people will talk about it. And like hero actually has never been to her grave because so each of the, in the emotions chart, they actually have some foreshadowing. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they show a picture of the emotions chart and Kel is happy because Kel is happy and he's coped by trying to cheer people up. And Aubrey is angry because she felt betrayed when her friends pulled away from her, you know, after uh, Mari's suicide. And, um, and Hero is sad because he loved, like, romantically was very much um, in love with, um, with Mari. And, like, it's very obvious in the scenes. They're holding hands. They're gazing at each other affectionately. It's, like, the most, yeah. <laughs> like plastered affection they're uh, very much like the the parents of the friend group Uh they're a little bit older um they look out for everybody and like they're very sweet Mm -hmm. so he took it like particularly hard because he has no explanation why this person that he, he cared so deeply about would do this and she cared real deeply about him too yeah um so it's it's naturally like after the context for this in the game is like you've spent time talking to them in all these lighthearted situations. Most of white space is like fighting enemies, looking for basil, but like kind of getting distracted with fun things in the meantime. And like all of it is helping you grow together as a team. And like you get a feeling for how much they care for each other or at least in Sonny's mind in this white space world he perceives back when they were back three years ago pretty yeah, much exactly and like there's a little tidbit because Mari is in white space right like she is there with the, the the picnic table and at some point you learn like um the reason that she's there in the picnic table and she doesn't go out adventuring is because in his sub in his subconscious um Sonny is actually so worried about losing her again that he can't like risk her going out on adventures with the rest of everybody. It's just too much trauma for him to deal with. Oh, I actually never picked up on that. That's a good point. Yeah. Also with the emotions thing, I I kind of missed that too. Yeah. It wasn't until I was literally staring at it and I was like, wait a minute. Or I sat on Reddit. Who's to say? I'll take All, credit Also for, for your rugged intellect. Wink. Ah, um, I got him. So... As you're going through white space, we kind of mentioned at the end of the tutorial, Basil kind of saw something haunting and it goes real dark real quick. Dark from like an overall dark sense, not like screen goes to black. Mm -hmm. Um, And that kind of just takes you out of it real quick. Uh, There's lots of instances as you're going to find Basil where you kind of have glimpses of something darker going on, something that's kind of haunting Basil and haunting omori yeah it 
it kind of is like an apparition to a degree. Um, and in the real world, there's also kind of an equivalent of that. And that is called something. Yes. Capital S something. I didn't forget the name of it. It's called something. Uh Um, so like when you first wake up in the middle of the night in your house and you, you're hungry, like to go downstairs for food, you're initially, you don't want to go down the stairs. Your character, your sprite just kind of like shakes his head, like not doing that shit. (laughs) Stairs. Nope. So like, you know, he has like a fear of like going upstairs or the dark, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so he tries to go back to sleep, but his hunger wakes him up. So he goes back the stairs and he has to go down it. And the stairs kind of just become infinitely long. Yeah. You see like these dark hands kind of like come from the shadows and then you fight something. Mm hmm. And this kind of happens like multiple times throughout uh, the real world side of the game of mm-hmm. basically you have this mental projection of something very dark that's haunting you um, and it kind of attacks you and you can't really attack it. The only thing you can kind of do in response is to calm yourself mm-hmm. or persist or I'm forgetting one of the other abilities. Uh, cherish is the focus is the first one. We'll get to cherish. So that's the okay. last one. Yeah, Fo- calm down, focus, per- uh, persist. I almost said perish. That's a, <laughs> that's a different ability entirely. Um, yeah, a voice tells you to, teaches you basically. Yeah, to calm, calm yourself. So, the parallel there, I feel, is back in white space in the imaginary world. Uh, there are some gates in the game world, as far as and these are like things like, oh, there's an obstacle. You need a key to go to the place. Mm-hmm. But in this game, it's, oh, you need to climb this ladder. I'm afraid of heights. Yes. Oh, you need to get through this forest, but there's a giant cobweb. I'm afraid of spiders. Mm-hmm. You need to swim across this thing. I'm afraid of drowning. Yeah. Um, so you have these phobias. But the way you overcome each of these is by Mari saying, like, basically, she's giving you the motivation. Yeah, um, you can do it. Which just kind of, like, reinforces how sweet and, like, wholesome of a character she is. Mm-hmm. Which you appreciate more in white space and then when you get back to like the real world you're like fuck kind of sucks that she's dead yeah um yeah yeah it's very much the case and those 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 are your traditional kind of like boss door gates into new areas um and it prevents you from losing yourself too much in the overworld it opens up as you progress but um the other thing i want to touch on real quick is you're also playing hangman (laughs) while all this is going on and that there's keyboard keys you're picking up um and if you pick up keys that uh, fit into the phrase at the bottom, excellent, you're making progress. If not, then it starts to draw the hangman figure on the side, uh, which is creepy because uh, many things are creepy in this game. Um, I didn't reach this failure state, but I looked it up afterwards. It's not it's not like a game over or anything, but the figure that it's drawing hanging on the side is Mari, <laughs> and I didn't realize that. I... I could have guessed that's where it was going. I didn't get that far into the failure state. But Mm -hmm. again, as we said, like Mari hung herself. So Mm -hmm. that's a pretty safe uh, correlation there. And the keys are spread out. So like you'll reach a certain part in the story um, when you are able to solve the final phrase. Um, It's actually after Humphrey, (laughs) This, this giant psychopathic whale. That is a fun, it's an interesting, it's a very interesting area. Oh, yeah. For, yeah. All the areas are really interesting. But Humphreys <laughs> is like, bro, what's going on? Yeah. It's very creepy. But um, 
Uh, do you remember the phrase? Yes. That, that you saw I, I did figure it out before I finished it, but it took me yeah. a bit. I think I need to get like 80% of the way there. Yeah, I was down four, four or five letters when I was like, oh, <laughs> I think I know where this is going. So one of the clues that they kind of give you early is at the very beginning of the game, they say, welcome to white space. We've mm-hmm. been here or I've been here for as long as I can remember. Yeah. Right. The phrase that you spell out is welcome to black space. Mm-hmm. So this game is about racial injustice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they, <laughs> they got, they should have tagged it. <laughs> but yeah, basically white space is your happy place. It's where you have your fun adventures with your friends from what you remember uh, from three years ago before this traumatic event has happened. And black space is pretty much where all the dark, repressed, sad memories have gone. Yeah. It's basically that that split. So at this point in the game, you can actually now go to black space, yeah. which you have been frequently avoiding. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, when you get the last character, you see like a, a cutscene, and it shows you Basil's house. And there's actually some foreshadowing for this as you're assembling the phrase, like the area in the center of the house grows darker. And like um, Amori will remark like the floor is sinking and like the area around it becomes decayed. Um, but uh, yeah, once it's all done, then it actually opens up and becomes the passage to black space. You can jump solo down. Nobody else is following you there. <laughs> oh, it's also worth noting the shadowy figure is leading you in this direction by this point in the game. Yeah. Also, um, I think this is pre-black space or in black space, mm-hmm. but the the apparition that's following you says, Omori, I love you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. Um, yeah. But yeah, in the reason that nobody follows you into black space is because everybody in white space is in your imagination, in yeah. the happy place. So they can't really exist in black space. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no incentive to like they're happy there at this point in the game they've actually started to forget basil entirely mm-hmm. um, and yeah it, it's if you've reached this part in the game then you're, you're approaching the point where it's like hey you're invested in finding out the truth instead of sticking with the happy naive uh, forgotten memory state well it's only sort of happy <laughs> you still don't go outside that much and can't interact with humans but true um how do we want to transition or build this up yeah i don't know it's really tough black space is i'm just going to describe the mechanics of it it's a series of weird trippy areas you open doors and you find a key and then that allows you to open a separate door and the goal is to just open enough doors that you start to remember what the repressed memories are. Um, I'm not going to go into detail on many of them. They're pretty short segments, but uh, a recurring theme is you'll find Basil in a lot of them. And Basil's always happy to see you. And he's like, Hey, let's just go back and hang out with everybody else now. And sometimes he dies horribly, like pretty bad. And um, then you go to the next door and it's like Basil. And he's like, great, happy to see you. Like, let's go meet everybody else up. And it's really clear that uh, Sonny has a lot of conflicting emotions about what he's finding. 
in black space. Um, but you gotta, you gotta find the truth. Okay. I can take it from here. Um, yeah, that's that's the segue. <laughs> so I'm going to take a step back throughout parts of the game. You kind of get little snippets of something outside of the happy white space. Uh, one of which is on the back of the photo, a photo that you see, you see a key on the back and written on it is like, don't it's forget in it's chest. in the toy chest. Yep. Which you also find this photo in the real world up in the tree house. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically as you're in black space and you're kind of going through like these gates, which is represent or metaphorical for like unlocking these memories. Um, mm-hmm. You're finding photos for a different photo album. Kind of similar to how you'd find photos for like the happy memories. These are all just kind of very dark, grayed out black and white mm-hmm. photos. And they're kind of vague for what they're depicting. They're very much snippets. Um, but after the first photo, I knew where it was going. And I started having it way faster. Um, yeah. I don't know why it was. It just something clicked in my brain. I was like, oh, fuck. Um, uh-huh. There's too many spots here in this photo album. But basically, uh, at a point in the game, you have to, after you have all the photos, you have to kind of put them in the book in order. Mm-hmm. So the story goes as this. Omori is your older sister. You guys are practicing for a recital. Or, at- um, Amari is. You said Amori, which they're very similar. Oh, sorry. Words. Yeah, yeah. Amari, your older sister, uh, and Omori yeah. are discussing something about the recital. Um, and this is upstairs. And Basil is taking pictures of all of this. So we have memories for whatever reason. Um, but you and Mari get in an argument. You get angry at her and you push her down the stairs. Like minor addendum here. Like yes. the, the violins thrown down first because yeah. um, uh, Sonny basically snaps. He's overpressured that he doesn't think he's good enough for this con- this recital. Um and he's a kid, right? Yeah, so. it's. I did a whole bunch of do stupid stuff as a kid where you just you get the instinct to like just break things. Um, this is my out, right? I'm just yeah, it's removing just, myself from the situation. Well, I'm actually going to say instead. I think it's more so like it's having the power to choose something. Right. So like if I destroyed my Legos, I built the whole thing, uh-huh. but I'm destroying it because. I can like I, I can have impact on something even if it's destructive even if it's destructive to me yeah. it's just kind of like I'm going to channel this outlet this way um, you can exert influence over your situation yes so he smashes the violin and then he pushes her down the stairs I yes. think he probably just meant to push her um, but she falls down the stairs mm-hmm. and dies yep and then the other pictures are of I think they carry her body upstairs to their room. Yeah, they try to call out to her, make sure that try anything basically. Yeah. To remove themselves from the situation, make sure she's okay. So Amori and Basil are obviously freaking out um and crying and depressed. Um mm-hmm. but then the photos proceed to basically Basil has the idea to say, hey, let's take her body outside mm-hmm. and you see photos of them carrying it to the tree and then they hang it up with a jump rope. So yeah. they actually stage her suicide. 
So basically the whole thing of your character and Basil repressing these memories is of obviously was an accident. It was not meant to be him killing his sister, but it's the whole, how do I say this? Basically he can't cope with the reality of it. Mm -hmm. It's horrible, scary, terrifying, Uh, And he's just trying to distance himself from it so entirely that he creates this white space and represses all of these memories. Um, Meanwhile, Basil, who also was a part of it, feels awful because everybody loved Mari, every single character in the game. Mm -hmm. Um, And he feels awful for suggesting that they kind of like staged her suicide Mm -hmm. and like they didn't take responsibility for what happened or they didn't tell anybody. Um, Yeah, there's... There's a few other factors too. Like, um, he never accepts that it was Sonny that did this. He thinks it's there's something behind you that did this. Like, he he refuses to psychologically. Like, Sonny is his best friend, and Basil's been abandoned. Like, his parents have left. He has a grandma in the early years, and a caretaker in the later years after she like falls comatose, and he's having a hard time of things. And Sonny's his best friend, and he just cannot reconcile that this is something that Sonny would do. So that's why he suggests this this full cover up because he doesn't want it he doesn't want Sonny to get in trouble for something he didn't do. Like that yeah. literally comes up in the game. And that's depressingly sad. Um it's it's real rough. But also uh Sonny's leaving. He's moving away in three days. And Basil's faced with this potential reality where he's kept this secret from people and had to live with it for so many years and the payoff is that he's being abandoned anyways yeah and it's also not like sunny and basil have been spending time together Mm -hmm. sunny very much kind of closed himself off from the world and everything didn't really go outside didn't really talk to anybody which one of the it's the character because he doesn't talk throughout the entire game one of the few things we know that he actually did is yet another sadness and that uh, Sonny is the one that drew through all of the photographs. Oh, it, it was Sonny. Basil. It was actually Sonny. Yeah. Because Basil actually mentions this in one of the, the later conversations where he's like, he says someone like uh, drew through all of my photographs and like cross everyone's faces out. Um, referring like right in a previous line that someone killed Mari and it's like yep yeah so it's it's very much his mental justification of that someone or something behind Sonny that has caused this mm-hmm. it can't actually be Sonny himself um, so I think on the last night that you're all together like the day before or the night before you move away. Mm -hmm. Um, Like you're on good terms with Aubrey, Cal and hero. You're all kind of like sleeping out in the living room of Basil's house. Um, Yeah. They're over because his caretaker can't get him out of his room. Yeah. So you're like, we'll go hang out there as friends and just be there to support him. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But then in the middle of the night, you as Sonny kind of get up and go to, the bathroom um and basil's there and he's kind of like mentally snapped at this point 
and he's like basically talking like can you see like i still see it behind you mm-hmm. and he feels the need to like destroy it or be destroyed because he also feels something behind him mm-hmm. basically what's been haunting both of you for all of these years it's kind of come to a precipice and he's like i have to resolve it or get rid of it in some way so you guys kind of start fighting yeah he's holding hedge clippers too and this is like this is crazy for basil because he again he's the pacifist like this is the only time in the game he's fought anything and he's fighting his best friend but he thinks he's fighting something to free his best friend yeah he actually says i'll save you it's the saddest exchange i'm gonna keep using the word sad but it's 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 rough it's really fucking feelsy um so just in general, recently I've been rewatching Attack on Titan and <laughs> I've had a lot of like, I'm not crying, you're crying moments where like I, I dwell up at things, whether it's like a positive emotion or obviously a lot of times it's just sad in that show. Yeah. No spoilers for Attack on Titan. That's just, uh, that's, <laughs> I don't want anyone to stop listening <laughs> literally right now out of fear of Attack on Titan spoilers. But like the only time that I've really been emotional besides that in recent history is this game uh around this part um so basically basil takes your eye um Mm -hmm. and while you're a showdown yeah there's a showdown with amori yeah Um, this is after you go unconscious from fighting basil you kind of fight omori which is kind of like your avatar of repressed memories yeah so you basically god of white space (laughs) Yeah, uh, you have to kind of defeat Omori to be Sunny and move on and deal with those things. Um, <laughs> How does that work out for you? It's it's a rough fight because uh-huh. essentially it's the character you've built up throughout the whole RPG phase, mm-hmm. uh, and he fucks you up. Um, oh. And you are Sunny, who again has very limited abilities. Um, <laughs> He's like controlled breathing. This is my <laughs> yeah. special ability. I'll use. <laughs> controlled breathing beats knife. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the whole thing is it's drawn out and slow. And like you have like five or six phases, I think, of mm-hmm. the Omori fight. Um, but you can attack. Mm-hmm. You can, I believe, play violin. That comes in later. That's after the. Oh, um, it's later. Um, um, is that later? No, you're right. It, it's It's available now. But yeah, they lock out a lot of ability. Or no, no. Your standard abilities are available. Calm down, focus, persist. Mm-hmm. But later in the fight, like they just go away. Like they stop functioning. Um, I, mean, I could be confusing these fights. There's two fights that are back to back. Don't hold it. Don't hold it to, to us. In either case, doesn't work out that well. <laughs> but yeah. Um, as you're going through this, Omori is talking to you. And it's basically the whole inner dialogue of at this point in the game you kind of have to make a choice of do you want to tell your friends now that you've remembered what happened um, Mm -hmm. do you want to keep holding it in indefinitely um, as it eats away at you Um, so as you're fighting Omori he's saying things like like Aubrey loved Mari and you killed her Mm-hmm. Kel loved Mari and you killed her mm-hmm. you loved Mari and you killed her um, and a bunch of other things that like 
it makes you feel like a piece of shit. Yeah, um, it's it's basically the darkest thoughts you can think of in this type of situation. Yeah, you don't deserve to live. Uh, your friends will never forgive you. Right. All of the possible like worst case scenario thoughts. Um, but after that fight, <laughs> you get a game over because <laughs> you can't beat him. <laughs> um. But basically, like your character does persist on at that point and you kind of wake up in the hospital because this is after you've had an actual literal fight with Basil. Yeah. Um, and I think you have a choice at this point, if I'm correct. Yeah, so there's a group of friends go to the north and they're clearly uh, white world or uh, white space. Yeah, white space friends. I was like, white world sounds wrong. West world, that's what I'm thinking of. Uh, white space friends. And then you see the shadow go to the south. And by this point, you know that the shadow is Basil. Um, there, also, there's a lot of scenes we didn't talk about that involved uh, Mari and coming like to acceptance and her encouraging you and things. But that's fine. There's a lot in this game. It's, it's over 20 lot. hours. What lot. are you going to do? Um, but uh, the choice is actually immediately prior to this. After you're defeated and you get the game over, you can either continue or give up, essentially. And either way, you wake up. But... Um, if you give up, then uh, then you've lost control of yourself in the waking world, and it's a Mori, um, and he'll follow the illusory friends to the north in this hospital room, which leads to a balcony, and then jump off. And this is while um, essentially uh, Sunny is in white space, like they've switched places. Um, and suicide not a great end in fact the bad end <laughs> if you don't do that if you choose not to give up then even if you went to the north um sonny will shake his head he won't jump uh, off the ledge and you have to follow the shadow down to the south and into basil's room and if you uh enter basil's room as you really it's the only thing you can do at this point um then they uh, they look at each other uh, for a second, and um, then it flashes to like a, a black vignette sort of screen. And there's uh, the text which represents Sonny's dialogue, and he says, "I have to tell you something to all of his friends that are standing around the hospital bed." And that's where the game ends, um, unless. You watered Basil's plants for the entirety of the game. <laughs> then there's a the bonus scene where they smile at each other and their individual somethings vanish. And then the game ends. <laughs> okay, glad we got that in. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a little extra happiness. Which I feel like you need at that point. Um, uh, you really do. Which is like, why when Jake said he finished the game at 4am and you messaged me on Discord, I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Because... <laughs> I played that during the waking hours and I didn't feel great, let alone like the middle of the night where you're alone with your thoughts and it's a dark. Um, that would, I had to, that see, would fuck I had with to me. see the end. But yeah, uh, what did you think of the game? Like, did you have any it's, impressions going in? Did you. So, like, the gameplay is good. The music is excellent. You'll you'll have heard two of the tracks by the end of this episode if you're still with us. Thank you, by the way. Um, the the graphics are great. Uh, the combat is like good. 
not amazing, but I don't even care because I'm in it for the emotional investment. Like if they stripped the combat out of the game and just had like mini games or something like that to maintain pacing, I would have the same overall impression, I think, because like it's such a deep dive in an emotional feels trip. Like, how can I not? I mean, right. I'm in agreement. <laughs> it's like, we're the people that repped Undertale. What did you expect when we started talking about Amori? Well, I'm going to have to be my tagline. I rep Undertale, motherfucker. What'd you expect? <laughs> I do think to place it in that space. I mean, like Undertale is the better game for me because it's more self-contained. It doesn't like. I'm going to say waste your time as much. That sounds kind of hurtful, but there's a lot of optional things that really don't matter in this game and you can do them, but it will just make everything take much longer than if you did the main quest. And I was in it for the main quest. Um, but I don't think it makes the game worse. I think Jake's a cheater and a coward. I enjoyed <laughs> the side content, but yeah, there's very much a lot of stuff in there for what you'd, expect an rpg rpg maker game to be for sure um it's still very much opt-in you don't have to do it but to the game's credit a lot of it's good like it's not like shitty filler content a lot of the optional content is very fun and engaging and like it has really good writing for making all the characters lovable or Mm -hmm. funny i love all of the pluto interactions Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't we've there's so many we don't even yeah there's not we're, we're so far over time it's, it's 117 like, i i know yeah. it's but like, it's like we're not even counting intro time that's but basically like it's still good side content yeah so i would generally agree some disagreements jake doesn't have, like recycling <laughs> there is like so recycling was fine because i was using cheat engine and i was just like spamming my way through that in a million miles per hour but um also, only cheat engine for speed. I didn't actually adjust anything other than the game run speed. But it's RPG Maker, and that's what they're asking for when they make an RPG Maker game. I specifically had a quest where I had to deliver like a package to somebody like on the other side of the world, mm-hmm. and I ran it over there at cheat engine speeds, and then I got like a consumable <laughs> as the reward, and I was like, I'm done with side quests. Let's go back <laughs> to main quest. <laughs> yeah, they're not always necessarily rewarding. It's more so the experience of it like you get a funny dialogue or something yeah very much optional um most of them are good so um yeah i i I, it's still such a good game like you play it for the story at this point we've spoiled it so i mean like you probably didn't have any intent to play it anyways buy it nonetheless yeah it's to give them more money it's just (laughs) really solid and i'm glad i didn't i somehow dodged all spoilers for it yeah. which is ideal for something like this because it's i'd say story is definitely the main focus you did way better than our listening audience this is the double-edged sword of covering things right <laughs> the spoiler is also the experience but if you already played it prior to this maybe you can empathize with this so good news yeah it's good though it's 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 a really good game and if you like emotional games there is a lot of that We've already said the disclaimer several times, but I will say I've only experienced the good end. And with how emotionally invested I was in this game, I would be concerned to end it on like one of the bad ends or 
the um, one of the ends where you stay in white space, um, kind of just succumb to the dream world. Um, I would not be as happy if I, you know, ended the game on that note. But it's not the responsibility of the developer to say this game must always have a good ending. So I don't know. Mixed feelings on it. Will not take points off for having bad endings. <laughs> I give the game a ten out of ten. Loved it. Mm-hmm. I like, give it nine point nine point nine out of ten. Yeah, gotta have a margin <laughs> for error. <laughs> Too many side quests. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. It's it was just an all around good time for me. Anything that can mm-hmm. kind of subvert my expectations and make me mm-hmm. feel something, I always get strong points. Because I feel inundated by the media I ingest. I very much, for the most part, don't like re-experiencing something. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it's been years so I can rewatch Attack on Titan. Um, right. But it definitely, a lot of things will feel samey. Like every time we shit on AAA games, I'm like, oh, it's because they reuse this or it's the same thing with like mm-hmm. an asset swap. So this was like a nice little treat for me. Uh, just really good time all around. Yeah. 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 But above all, above the positive praise, above the negative praise, um, Omocat made the game that she wanted to make. And like, you, you can't doubt it while playing the game. Um, so shout out to Omocat, friend of the there. show. Yeah. Friend of the show, Omocat. Uh, feel free to reach out if you want to join us for a future episode. But if you do want to reach out and join us for a future episode of Omocat, you can do so at soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, might not be as long as this one. I don't I don't think we're resuming like incredibly long form episodes. This is just we couldn't stop talking about it. It's like anything that has uh, a deeper lore or story slash a Dark Souls. Like that's mm-hmm. what gets you past like the hour 10. Yeah, Absolutely. Or Farming Simulator. Also a good one. Also a good one. Um, or you can join the discussion on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. And as always, we'll see you in the next one. Have a good night.